And now, Lifestyles Unlimited presents the Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Over the next hour, we unfold your map to financial freedom. You'll learn how to retire through investing in single-family and multifamily real estate. You'll learn how to create cash flow and build wealth so you can have the time and money to live the lifestyle you want. Welcome to the show. My name is Al Gordon, and as always, I'm working on your financial freedom. And this just in. This particular phrase is just in. The original buyer is selling an option or assigning an interest in a contract for a fee and does not have legal title to the property. You've heard these words before. Not too long ago, I did a show where I talked about wholesaling. I talked about what it is and what it isn't. And I talked about it as an opportunity for you to get qualified leads on properties that you may ultimately buy. Wholesaling is a process where individuals go out and they secure a property. They get a contract on the property and it's a contract for sale, but they have no intentions of actually buying the property themselves. What they intend to do is turn around and flip that contract to somebody like me, who's a real estate investor. I would come in, I would pay a fee for their services because essentially they're going out and they're doing a lot of work for me and they would bring me the contract. So what we're going to talk about today is we're going to talk about the next phase of wholesaling. What we talked about in the past was was if wholesaling was a viable option for you. Now, some of you, some of you that are real estate investors, you love wholesalers. Some of you, you can't stand them and everybody else. You're somewhere in the middle. Yeah. You also understand that wholesaling is a viable option for us as real estate investors, because it brings us quali Well, I, I was going to say qualified leads. They're really not qualified leads. All they're bringing us is an opportunity to buy a property. They, they've qualified that somebody wants to sell. They've qualified a certain price for that property because that contract that they had the seller fill out or they helped the seller fill out, there's a price for that property. Now, that property is probably in some type of distress condition. It probably has issues. Maybe the property is suffering from deferred maintenance. Maybe it's suffering from a divorce going on in the household. Maybe somebody died and now this property is left to the heirs and the heirs don't know what to do with it. So they all decide we're going to sell it. Now, maybe they've made a decision that they don't want to work with a real estate agent or they just feel like, Maybe the property is not in really great shape. And as a result of that, a real estate agent wouldn't want to help them sell it. That's not really a true statement. A uh, real estate agent would always help you sell your property. It's just that it may not be worth what you think it's worth in your mind. And that's where the conflict tends to come in between you and the real estate agent. Does that make sense? And, I, and I'm not defending real estate agents. I'm just saying that sometimes your property might be worth X and your broker comes in and says, well, dude, it's really only worth Y. And you go, well, it's really worth X. And the broker goes, Goes, no, it's really worth why. And you, you create conflict. So you decide, okay, the realtors, they don't know what they're doing. So, and I don't want to pay them a commission anyhow. And then somebody comes along and they make you an offer. They, they, they maybe text you or send you a letter in the mail or a postcard in the mail saying we buy houses. You've seen those things, right? If you own property, you've seen these little postcards come in and you pick up that postcard and you go, you know what? I'm going to sell. Okay. So then the wholesaler comes in 
They talk to you about how much your property is worth. Now, keep in mind, the wholesaler does not have a fiduciary obligation to anybody. All they're doing is coming in and determining what do you think the property is worth. Now, they might, now a good wholesaler might come in with some comps, and they might be able to say, hey, you know what? You think your property is worth $200,000, but the market says it's really only worth $150,000. Why don't I buy it? for $150,000 and the seller might say, yeah, you're right. Go ahead. You buy it in this. And the wholesaler says, great, I'll buy it for $150,000. And then I will close in 10 days. In the meantime, once they get that contract signed, they're working frantically to get that information out to the real estate investors that they know guys like me, people like you to say, Hey, I've got a live one out here. When you get notified that the original buyer is selling an option or assigning an interest and in a contract for a fee and does not have legal title to the property, you know for a fact you are working with a wholesaler. That wholesaler does not have a fiduciary obligation to you. They don't have to do anything that would benefit you as the buyer. Okay, so if you're going to be buying from a wholesaler, you better know what you're doing. The reason I'm bringing all this up is because I've been getting emails from wholesalers. I've been getting emails from licensed real estate agents indicating that they have found a wholesale deal and they are selling. Well, they're selling. Yeah, that's exactly what they're doing. They're selling me on the concept of buying that asset through them. And I'm trying to figure out if I'm going to be buying. It's as simple as that. There's a particular deal that came across my desk. It came from Michael. He's one of the Lifestyles Unlimited Realtors. Now, what's interesting about the relationship that I have with Lifestyles Unlimited Realtors is simply this. They go out and they do all the heavy lifting for me. They create relationships with wholesalers. Now, I have relationships with wholesalers. But what I like about the relationships that my realtors have with wholesalers is that my realtors are educated and properly trained to scrutinize the wholesaler. It means they know enough to ask some very pertinent questions right up front because they're trying to determine whether or not this is an asset that a Lifestyles Unlimited member would want to buy from them or this is an asset that we as Lifestyles Unlimited members, we would just move aside as we look for our property that we do want to buy. So this particular deal came in. It's a 875 square foot property, three bedroom, one bath, built in 1907. So it's about 115 years of age. This is what I like about the property. I can buy it for a little over $15,000 cash out of pocket. Now, there's, there's, a, there's a whole explanation as to why I can buy it for just $15,000 out of pocket. And I'm not going to get into that on today's show, but just know that when you're trained by Lifestyles Unlimited on how to buy real estate assets, you tend to buy them very effectively. You heard me correctly, very effectively. An effective use for your cash is to minimize the amount of money you put into an actual deal. One of the ways we get around that is we use something called hard money. Hard money is just a way for us to, to buy an asset and to use that loan 
to also not only pay for the asset, but to cover some, if not all, of the repair expenses. It is a very specialized type of loan. It's very, very specific for what it's to be used for and how it's to be used and for how long you can use it. And then when you're done using it, you just put long-term conventional financing on the property, you put your 30-year loan on, and then you operate the property. Okay, so I just kind of gave you like a uh, a one-hour show in about, I don't know, a minute and a half. So, so there you go. All right. I can buy this thing for a little over $15,000 out of pocket because I can utilize hard money. And this is what I really like about this particular asset. This is why this asset caught my eye. I can triple my money by capturing almost $32,000 of additional equity in the property. See, I'm going to put 15000 in, and I'm going to capture almost $32,000 of equity. That's about $47,000 of equity in the property. And I, it's only costing me $15,000 to get $47,000 worth of equity. That's a beautiful thing. When's the last time you invested anything at the rate of $15,000 and instantaneously made an additional $32,000 off of it? You can do it in real estate. Now, it's considered an unrealized capital gain, meaning you're, you're not going to do anything with that money until you either refinance the property later on or you sell the property. So in the meantime, that, all that equity is going to sit in the property. It's wealth that goes on your balance sheet. It's a beautiful thing. Trust me when I, when I say that. And you will harvest that wealth at a future date. So I like this. I like this a lot about this property. Now, this particular property can be bought for $80,000. That's, that's the price that the wholesaler has negotiated with the seller. And because this property was bought, brought to me by a Lifestyles Unlimited Realtor, they've already done the background checks on the financials. They know that the after repair opinion for this particular asset works out to be about $175,000. $175,000 future value property that I could buy for $80,000 and it's only cost me a little over $15,000 to do the deal are you should be licking your chops right now. This is a sweetheart deal. Okay. Now's where we get into the conversation about what next. I mean, the numbers all look great, but what next? How do we know that we're going to get exactly what we think we're going to get out of this deal? Well, the first thing we have to do is we have to do a financial analysis before you do anything other than reading the email and maybe corresponding with the person that sent you the email. You need to do a financial analysis. Now, the neat thing about having a Lifestyles Unlimited realtor bring me this particular property is they've already done a lot of the financial analysis for me. They've taken a look at what the comparable sales are for the property in the neighborhood. Comparable sales give me an idea for what the future value of this property will be when it's all fixed up. It is a very, very important piece of research that needs to be done. Ironically, your appraiser will do the same research. So you might as well do it right to begin with. Does that make sense? And then when it comes time for your property to be appraised, you could always have that conversation with the appraiser and just say, Hey, I just happened to see these comps. Maybe you'd like to look at them, you know? And, and sometimes that, that works and sometimes that doesn't, but when you're knowledgeable, you're knowledgeable. So you want to know what the comparable sales are in that neighborhood, because that, that reinforces the future value or the after repair value that 
was indicated to me that the property would be worth. I want to make sure that there are comparable sales in that neighborhood that support the pricing. Another thing, oh, by the way, you want at least three sales comps, at least three. If you can't find three, then that tells me that properties are not moving that much in that area, and that could be a danger sign for you. Just just throwing that out there. I'm not saying you should walk away. I'm just saying it could be a danger sign. Do more research. All right. The other thing I want to have you do is a rent analysis. Yes, a rent analysis. Take a look. Now, in this particular instance, you really only need one comparable rent uh, comp. That's all you really need is one comparable rent comp. That rent comp, however, needs to be of a property that would be similar to the completed product that you will create that after repair value, if you will, the fixed up product. Okay. And here's what I'm getting at. Let's say, let's say you're, you're looking at a house and the rent comps, somebody sent you some rent comps and you, you, the rent comps are coming in at $1,200 and you think, wow, I could rent this for $1,200. But then you start looking at the actual property that the rent comp is associated with. And you start to realize, oh, wait a minute, this is brand new construction. I don't have brand new construction. It's like new, but it's not brand new. So I'm not so sure that I'll be able to get brand new rates you see where I'm going with that? So you have to qualify the rental comp. Now, if, if you find a rental comp for a, for a property that's in your neighborhood, that's basically the same size, same amenities, same, same all fixed up approach, and, and they're getting $1,200 a month, that to me is a good rental comp for you. That's a very good rental comp because that indicates that's what people in that neighborhood are willing to pay for that rental property. Very important that you get those two comps. If you don't have those comps, do not go forward with the deal. Yeah, I'm serious. Do not go forward with the deal because you have no way to qualify the data that's being sent to you. Does that make sense? I know that makes sense to you. All right, when we come back from the break, we're not done with the financial analysis. There's, there's more digging into the details we have to do. As a matter of fact, there's a more, a lot of stuff we got to take a look at. Stick around. Got questions? Call Lifestyles Unlimited at 855-497-4335. The Real Estate Investor Radio Show continues next. Lifestyles Unlimited success stories. If you got laid off tomorrow, what would you do? Would you have to be working at McDonald's or wait to try and find another job with the downsizing in the economy? Kept on coming to meetings even with David Fisher online and stuff like that, but still we just like, we need to make the jump. So we kept praying for time to get this job done, to, to be able to find the properties. How do we find the properties? How do you find the time? And God answered our prayers and he got downsized from his corporate job. This house was a dog and through the rehab, I think we turned it into a little pony. You bought the house for $73,000 and your appraised value actually is $144,000. You put in forty-five dollars worth of work so that leaves you net equity of 11000 with a return on capital gain of 70%. The cash flow is $458 a month for a cash-on-cash cash return rate of 35%. Join us this month and learn from people just like you. Check in-person and online dates at lucasestudy.com. Music. 
creating the lifestyle you've always wanted. You're hearing Lifestyles Unlimited's Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Welcome back to the second half of the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. My name is Al Gordon, and as always, I'm working on your financial freedom. And what we're doing today is we're talking about the due diligence phase of looking at a wholesale property. So what's a wholesale property? A wholesale property is, is nothing more than a property that is brought to you by somebody other than someone who has a fiduciary obligation to somebody else. Boy, I said a lot, didn't I? Okay, let me just cut to the chase. A wholesale deal is just somebody that found somebody that wants to sell their property. They've secured a, a price. They've got it under contract. They have no intentions of buying it themselves. What they want to do is they want to sell the contract to somebody else, i.e. a legitimate real estate investor, and then make their fee off of that. And there's nothing wrong with it. It's it's legal in all 50 states. It's regulated in five of the 50 states. And th the key thing is this. It is an opportunity for you to buy property. It's, it's nothing more than that. It's an opportunity for you to buy property. Wholesalers, they work in a, a interesting space in the real estate market. It's not the high-end market, trust me, although wholesalers do tend to operate in high-end markets. I mean, really, wholesalers can operate in any market where there is real estate. Because anytime they can find somebody who has a distressed property, who's having difficulty unloading the distressed property, a wholesaler sees opportunity. And when they see opportunity and they get that property under contract and they make it available to you, you will see opportunity too. But before you just blindly go, oh, it sounds like a really good deal. I'm just going to write a $5,000 non-refundable check to you, Mr. Wholesaler, because you're just a sweet looking dude. Yeah, that's not how it works. That's not how it works. When, when they bring you the information, you say, yes, well, thank you. I do like what you, you're presenting to me. What we need to do now is I need to spend a few minutes getting my ducks in order to see if I actually want to buy this property from you. As we were going to break, I told you that there were two things that you have to do right up front to determine whether or not this property is even going to make sense for you. The first one is to do a comparable sales analysis. Yeah, a comparable sales analysis. See what properties all fixed up in that neighborhood are worth, because that is a very important piece of information that you need. The other thing that I want you to do is a rental analysis. See what that fixed up property could rent for in the marketplace. Maybe, maybe there's, there's room, maybe, the property was a rental before it went on to a wholesaler's contract. And, and maybe there's some, some data there. You, you could ask for it. Now, chances are it probably wasn't a rental, but it might have been. And if there's some data there regarding the rental, you could always ask for it. They might say, no, you can't have it. But, you know, it is what it is. When it comes to continuing your financial analysis, there's a couple of things that you absolutely need to look at. You need to look at the operating expenses. Now, some of you are saying, how can I look at the operating expenses if I don't even own the property yet? I haven't even operated the property. How can I look at what the potential expenses could be? Well, it's real simple because the two biggest expenses you will have, the two biggest operating expenses that exist with real estate are insurance 
and property taxes. Yeah, you heard me correctly. Insurance and property taxes. Those are your two big expenses. You can do research pretty quickly to determine what the property taxes are currently for that property, and you can do an analysis to see what they might go to based on how that local municipality or county hits you with taxes. Yeah, they, they've got a process, and if you don't know the process, start there. Start with the process. Get, get information on how to figure it out. It's that simple. You can make a phone call to a Lifestyles Unlimited vendor that specializes in insurance. And they'll be more than happy to give you an insurance quote on the property. You can get this stuff done literally in a couple of minutes. I'm serious about that. You get it done in a couple of minutes. And then as you get better at it, you, you might be able to make your own assessments. You, now think about it. Let's say you've bought 10 properties. They're all about the same size. They're all about in the same area, right? So you know by now what the insurance costs are going to be. Because you've got 10 properties that you've already put insurance on. Does that make sense? And as far as property taxes, it's not hard to figure that stuff out. You can figure that out. The other thing that I need you to do, now this is, this is probably the most important thing of all four elements of the financial analysis that I'm going to share with you. Capital expenditures. Yeah, capital expenditures. And some of you are going, what's that, Al? What's that capital expenditure? Okay, this is what it is. You have to identify any major repair, i.e. a capital expenditure, that may be required to get this property up and running. One of the things that we'll do at Lifestyles Unlimited is we will teach you to fix or repair everything that could go wrong in the next five to seven years. There's, there's a whole methodology as to why we do that. I'm not going to get into it on the radio. Just know there's a methodology for that. You need to take a look at all systems of the property. You need to take a look at things as like the foundation. You have to take a look at the roof. You have to look at everything in between those two things, right? Take a look at the HVAC system and other appliances that are in that particular property. Take a look at the condition of the kitchen, the condition of of the bathrooms, the overall condition of the walls. I mean, there's a lot of things that you have to look at. And one of the things that you need to be able to figure out is what is it going to cost you to breathe new life back into this property? This is a very important consideration. Now, keep in mind, keep in mind, there are some things that you may not be able to fully figure out whether they're serviceable or not. In that particular case, you're going to have to you're going to have to defer to the fact that maybe it's not serviceable. So how do you how do you develop this capital expenditure list? Well, the easiest way to do it is become a member of Lifestyles Unlimited. We'll, we'll just teach you how to do it. This analysis is so important. If you get it wrong, it could cause you problems. I'm, I'm just I'm just telling you that up front. Do not waste your time looking at physical property until you have conducted a financial analysis. All right, so let's let's get back into this stuff. Physical evaluation. That's the next step. If if the financial piece meets the metal, if it makes sense to you, then game on. Let's let's keep going. 
Now you actually want to go to the property. You want to physically inspect the property. Either you get your butt down there and you look at it yourself, or you have somebody who's a member of your team that you trust to go do it for you. Or better, all of you go at the same time. That's the best way to do it. You're going to examine the property structure. You're going to take a look at any other relevant component of that property. If it doesn't have a five to seven year lifespan, it needs to be repaired or replaced. Let's say you do that physical inspection. Let's say you go up into the, the roof and let's say, uh-oh, there was a fire in this property at one time. Now, nobody disclosed to you that there was a fire in the property. So you got to check to make sure if it was repaired correctly. Now, just because there was a fire in the property doesn't mean the property is bad. There, there are properties that catch on fire from time to time, and they can be repaired correctly. But it's something you need to take a look at. Another thing I want you to do is I want you to request a boundary survey from the seller. Well, a boundary survey is, is really just there to help you ensure that the property's boundaries are accurate and there are no encroachments or disputes with the neighboring property. A survey will help you figure all that stuff out. All right. When do you need an environmental assessment? Well, if the property is located in, in an environmentally sensitive area or has a history of industrial use, you need to consider doing a phase one environmental site assessment. The assessment identifies any potential contamination or environmental liabilities associated with the property. And environmental can be problematic, but it's not always problematic. The last area I want you to take a look at, make sure you're reviewing the building permit process and ensure that any modifications or additions that you make to the property comply with local building codes and regulations. Non-compliance could lead to costly fines or requirements to go ahead and do it the right way to begin with, which just costs you more money. So this is very, very important stuff for you guys to pay attention to. Don't blow it off. I'm serious. Don't blow it off. Now, some other things that you're going to do through the process. Once, once you've gotten past the, the financial analysis and the property evaluation piece, everything else really just, just is, is a matter of process. You're going to do a title search and you're going to pay for title insurance. You're going to re review the contracts, make sure everything is, is correct and all the agreements related to, to the transaction, including the wholesale purchase agreement, the assignment contract, and any lease agreements that may exist are correct. Ensure that the contracts align with your intentions and protect your interests. You're going to take a look at uh, any other legal review you have to do. And then ultimately, once you've gotten to that point where you feel comfortable that everything is good to go, you move forward. You close on that property. You buy that wholesale contract. You buy and pay for that asset. That asset becomes yours. Now, your asset needs to go through the remediation process. Now, you're actually going to do all the things that you planned for in the due diligence phase. See how this all comes together? It's all like in a nice, neat little bow. It all looks really pretty. And what's really beautiful about it, it is positioned to make you a lot of money. Not just some money, 
but a lot of money. That's what real estate offers you. And by doing the things that I have discussed with you on today's show, you will be doing things correctly. When you buy real estate correctly, when you rehab it correctly, when you operate it correctly, you have a correct property. Do you know what correct properties do for you? They provide you cash flow. They give you opportunity for equity capture. They give you principal pay down. They give you natural appreciation. You get the benefits associated with all the tax benefits that real estate produces. And if that asset you bought just happens to be in the multifamily space, you get the opportunity to force appreciation on that asset as you continue to work on the income streams of that asset. It's a beautiful thing. So did you learn something today? Did you learn something about wholesaling that maybe you didn't know? More importantly, what you should have learned is that confidence in doing what you are trying to do is so important. And confidence comes from knowing all the nuts and bolts associated with doing the transactional piece. It's a beautiful experience when you do wholesaling right and wholesaling pays you effectively and very, very well. And remember, I started off the show by saying we were looking at a wholesale deal where I would triple my money. That was my motivation. And that should be your motivation too. To get started, go to lifestylesunlimited.com, sign up for a free workshop, and let's get you going. Thank you for listening to Lifestyles Unlimited's Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Ready for more of the map? Visit lifestylesunlimited.com. Explore our videos and articles. Click on the radio tab to access past show podcasts. View the radio show schedule and listen to our best of radio shows. Want to continue the conversation? Follow Lifestyles Unlimited on Facebook today. We want to meet you as well. Sign up for a free workshop at Lifestyles lifestylesunlimited.com. Until next time, remember, it's not the money, it's the lifestyle. The information and opinions you hear on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show are those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show constitutes an endorsement recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.